Hello friends and welcome to another edition of Send the Light. I'm your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson. And today on Send the Light, we're going to be doing things just a little different. Today, I'm going to have a special guest speaker on. Uh, Pastor Randy James is going to be on uh, doing part one in his series on the tongue and its power. So here's Pastor Randy James. That he could find to bring back the best thing that he could find and when he finally returned to the king he presented the king a little box and when the king opened the box there was a tongue inside of the box after a few moments the king commented certainly the tongue has the most wonderful and encouraging power in the world has the most wonderful and encouraging power in the world then the king gave him another directive and he ordered sir, now go over the world and bring back the very worst thing that you can find. And so in due season, the servant once again came back, presented the king with a small box, and he opened the box, and inside the box, lo and behold, was enclosed the tongue. Hmm. The king then responded, you have done well, for the tongue can be as bad as it is good. And that's true, amen? amen. The tongue can be as bad as it is good. It's a little thing, but it's a dangerous thing, and it can be a great thing. Now, what James is trying to convey here in, in this particular scripture that we're looking at, and we're going to be primarily looking at verses 3, 1 through 14. And just a second, I'm, I'm going to kind of read over that, and we're just going to kind of talk about it a little bit. And see, there are four areas that the tongue can either be a great damage or a great blessing. God's word says, my brethren, let me, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths and that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is also set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the courses of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or, or, or reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or likeness or image of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing, Notice, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if any... 
But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. God had his richest blessings to the reading and hearing of the world. Our words can be a wonderful blessing or a terrible cursing. Seems like one minute we're blessing, the next minute we're cursing. That's why I have a problem with sometimes on Facebook accounts. People blessing the Lord and oh, how I love Jesus and sending out all kind of scripture and then the next minute they're blessing out their neighbor. And how much they hate them or this, that, and the other thing. Now that's not everybody. There's good and bad in anything. But this tongue, it's a tough member of the body to, to bring under subjection. And we're going to see here in these few verses there are four areas of blessing and, and or cursing that can be produced by the tongue. First, the tongue's power to mislead God's people. The tongue's power to mislead God's people. Verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Wow. Now he's not prohibiting anyone from teaching. He is not talking against the gift of teaching or preaching because it's of God. He said, but be careful. <laughs> you heard even Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. And this tongue can bring about blessing or cursing. By giving this caution, letting them be teachers, he's not attempting to discourage Christians from preaching or teaching biblical truth, and he doesn't want to hinder any of those who have been called to do so. He is saying that those who who believe that they have a call or a gift from God to teach, to make sure of their salvation. And when you make sure of your salvation, you teach the right things. You teach the right things. Back in chapter 1, verse 26, it says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, he said, This man's religion is worthless. It's worthless. We've got a lot of folks that can talk a good talk, amen? And, uh, but walking the talk is, is, a, is a different story. There are a lot of folks who use this word deceitfully. Paul said, I did not deceitfully handle the word of God. We have to be careful. This is a holy word, amen? This is a God-breathed word. We'll give account. God's word says we won't give account for anything we say anyway. If any out of word or deed we've done, we're going to have to give account of judgment for it. So we need to be careful in the way we talk and what we talk and how we talk, especially if we have been called to teach. I don't care how old or how young the, the, the uh, pupils may be, be careful. Especially those little ones, I think, though, make a difference. He says, if you're, if you're one of these, these little children, it's better for you that a millstone be right. tied around your neck and you throw it into deep ocean and drown. So it's a grave responsibility. A grave responsibility is a... a, a a great blessing at the same time. But there are false teachers. <laughs> this principle not only applies to volunteer teachers, but especially to those who have been called to teach or to preach. Because we're not only going to have to give account for ourselves, we're going to have to give account for what we have spoken into your lives. Amen? Yeah. I'm not beyond making mistakes. That's why I want people to read this word and, and pray for themselves and seek God for themselves. I don't know it all, amen? But Lord, if I fail, help me, Jesus. And if I find out where I spoke error, that I would correct that as best I know how, amen? 
But we need to be careful. It says that no believer really can speak the word of God in truth. They, there's a lot of folks believe they know this word and uh, they say, well, I, I, it's kind of like those folks who say, I pray to God every day. Have you ever met those that don't know Jesus personally and say, I pray to God every day. God hears my prayers. But according to God's word, he doesn't. They, when my wife, right after she got saved, when she realized that it blew her mind that God, you know, I said, God hears somebody's prayer, but it's not necessarily yours. And even us as saints, if we're not in the right position, he's not going to hear our prayer either. Come on. Hey, we have to have our lives in line with his word and have our lives sanctified. And then I pray. Even with this and anytime I stand before God, help me. You've heard me pray many times and it, and it may sound repetition to you, but to me, I, I mean it sincerely. Lord, give me clarity of thought and speech. Don't let me say any more, any less than I need to say. And if it's from me and not from you, I pray it falls on deaf ears. On deaf ears. So we have to have a deep sense of our responsibility and how precious this word is and how grave a responsibility it is when we share it. Now that's not to scare you. Well, I, well that's one reason I don't tell nobody about Jesus. I'm not, not educated enough. You don't have to be. The Spirit of God takes his word and he watches over it to perform it. He'll bring it back to your mind and to your spirit and you'll be able to share what, what God has shared with you and share that word with somebody even though it's not word for it. Some people kind of get Stickly, well, that's not, you missed the deed there, you missed the thou there, you, but did you miss the point? <laughs> oh, as long as you give the word, God uses that word, and it falls on good ground. But all through the Bible, all through the Bible, God gives us warnings to be careful with his word, to be careful how we share it, and even when we don't share it. See, a lot of people say, well, I, I'm not good with that, I don't tell nobody nothing anyway. Shame on you. Amen. You're going to be held accountable for that too when you got a lot, Joe, when you ought not have. That's right. Ezekiel 3, 17 through 19. And they, these scriptures I have written out here come from the uh, New American Standard Bible. It says, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way, that he may live, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But, oh my, his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you have warned the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered yourself. He said, you need to tell somebody. Oh, I remember years ago, I, maybe Lord, I, I lay it up my heart some other time, but I preached the sermon, blood-stained hands. How many of us have blood-stained hands because we fail to tell somebody about Jesus? Help me, help us, help us, Lord. Now, notice what Paul says to, while he's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7. 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7, he says, Instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrine, not to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than further the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men strayed from these things have turned aside the fruitless discussions or fables, it says in King James, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they are making confident assertions. 
Be careful. Be careful to teach those things around. Be careful to, 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 to deliver this to people that, that are faithful. I pray, even as I mentioned a while ago, that God's going to raise up people and raise up families and raise up children, but raise up teachers. But we have to be careful. Just any Tom, Dick, and Harry don't need to be teaching. That's right. Amen? Amen. They, they need to know this. They need to believe this. Because they're having to give account of it. 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3 says, False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will, just as there will also be false teachers among you. You will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of the truth will be maligned. In their greed, they will exploit you with false works. Their judgment from long ago is not out, but their destruction is not asleep. Now, a lot of people teaching things. There's so much wealth and prosperity teaching still taking place today. It, it, we have everything we need in Christ Jesus, but he has not promised us everything we want. That's right. Help us, Lord. Jude has several things to say. Jude has several things to say. Let's look at old, old Jude real quick. Several verses. And, and it's all concerning being careful with the handling of God's word and what we say and how we teach God's word. Verse 8 says, Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Got evil speaking in their lips. Always negative. Have you ever met those folks that are negative about everything? Everything that comes out of their mouth is negative. Nothing positive. Nothing ever building up anybody, but always tearing down something. Always complaining about something. Never happy. Never satisfied. Verse 10 says, But these speak evil to whatever they do not know. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts and these things, they corrupt themselves. Their tongues, they just, have you ever heard the saying they just run off at the mouth? There's some people that just nah, 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 and don't know a thing about what they're saying. They get bits and pieces and they don't have the facts, but yet they seem to be authorities on stuff. <laughs> Especially when it comes to God's word. Be careful when you handle God's word. Be careful. When you share God's word, don't be afraid to, but be careful when you do. Amen. Yeah. Verse 16 says, These are grumblers. You know, Amy? <laughs> grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust. Can't never satisfy. Always grumbling, always complaining. Nothing's never right. And, and they mouth great swelling words, <laughs> always boasting, flattering people to gain advantage. Paul tells us that, and, and James is well, that we need to be careful when it comes to this thing about the tongue. The tongue's power to mislead God's people. God holds us accountable. He holds us accountable. Oh, God, help us not to mislead anyone. Amen? Amen. But that we together can come together in, in, in a spirit of love and understanding and learn from one another. Amen? Preacher's not the only one you, you learn from, I pray. Amen. I pray you learn first off from the Holy Ghost of God and the Word of God. Amen. But you need to pray and learn from one another. There's things that can be, be uh, experienced and each of us can edify one another. the Word. God expounds this Word. It's a living Word. Amen. And it speaks to us. Thank you, Lord. We need to be careful with this. And, and I got to move on, but 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
3 through 5, uh, given the, the last example here about us being careful about misleading the, 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 the church and the, and the house of God with our words. Verse 3 through 5 says, If anyone teaches otherwise, be careful what you teach, and does not consent to wholesome words, wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is proud. Got many proud people that know it all. Even in God's word, I've met some proud preachers. God help me not to be one of them. But maybe I have been, and forgive me if I have, Lord. Uh, knowing nothing. Knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicion, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourselves. Have you ever felt people that's all they want to do is argue over the word of God? Amen. I'm right, you're wrong. Let me tell you why I'm right and why you're wrong. Or trying to get meaningless gains. Wow. So here, as Paul is telling us to be careful of the tongue's power and listening to God's people, also notice what else he is telling us in this scripture. Verses two through four, the tongue's power to direct God's people. To direct God's people. It says once again, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, a mature man, also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. It's talking about direction, leading folks amiss in the wrong direction. Here, James connects the sins of tongue to the whole person. The, the, the reason James is, is making this connection is because the, the words usually lead to deeds. Amen? Words usually lead to deeds. During World War II, there was a phrase that was mentioned, uh, and it went like this. Have you ever heard this? Loose lips, what? Sink ships. Loose lips sink ships. Well, think about it this way. We need to understand also that loose lips destroy lives. That's right. Loose lips destroy lives. We're so quick to judge and we're so quick to tell the story. Did you hear so and so? I just can't believe. Well, I, I wish you'd pray about such and such. And we could care less about praying about some folks. We just want to get the gossip out. Yep. Amen or oh me. Tell the truth, stay in the church. But loose lips destroy lives. So when you put persons in position, whether they be a pastor or a teacher, we need to be sure of their maturity, amen? They need to be, you know, working and, and willing and growing in the Lord. We need to be careful. There is such a thing as confidentiality that needs to take place. There really is. We hold a grave responsibility in certain areas of positions. As counselors, you are, are mandated about confidentiality. As pastors, as, as deacons and different ones, we, we are to be conf, have, keep confidences. It's important 
There's only a few areas where we cannot keep a confidence. That's if somebody has stated that they're going to hurt themselves or somebody else. So we need to be careful about that. At our very best, you know, we, we're going to stumble in our speech some way or the other if we're not careful. That's why I want people to say, now, please, but don't come telling me about so-and-so and such, but I can't tell you who told me. I don't like that. You know, I really don't. I'm not saying I wouldn't listen to it, but I, I'd rather not. But at the same time, we need to be careful that, that we, uh, we understand one another. I'd rather somebody say, now, preacher, please keep this between me. If it's a general conversation, and, and sometimes we're not thinking and that's not stated, something might be mentioned inadvertently. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. But we need to be careful. Our speech. I want to tell you something there. I, I, I wouldn't want everybody to know the conversation I've had in the past with some folks. Whether it be my pastor or whether it be a, a close friend or especially with the Lord. He knows all my dirty laundry. You don't need to know it. That's right. Amen? That's right. If I choose to tell you, that's one thing, but you don't need to know it. And I don't need to know yours. All I need to know is that Jesus has, has cleansed me and forgiven me. And we need to know that, you know, don't cover up for your sin. Don't, don't make excuses, but deal with it and let it be placed under the blood. That's right. And keep it there. Aren't you glad that I believe that's part of the reason Jesus said get in your prayer closet? Get by yourself. If ain't nobody tell it to you, ain't nobody gonna talk it. Amen. Amen. So let's be careful about that. In verses three and four, he uses two items that are small, yet they exercise great power. He uses the the, the illustration of a bit in a horse's mouth. How many of y'all ever rode those horses? And what about some bareback horses without a bit in the mouth? <laughs> I, I've, I've taken the mane sometime. I, I never owned some, but I had some neighbors used to let me ride in the horse, and they're pretty genteel. Animals. There's an old mule I rode one time. And he was all right until it was time for supper or something, and you couldn't stop it to save your neck. Even with a bit, it was hard. But with a bit, you'd be surprised. They go to all oh, those bucket, I want to run, run. You pull back on that bit just right. They'll start slowing up, man. They'll go to the rider to the left. That little rudder. <laughs> that little rudder uh, in a move a boat, regardless. A big ship, a little thing, and it's very powerful. It overcomes the, the wild nature of the horse the bit does, and it overcomes the, the wind of the sea the rudder does. But similarly, the human tongue is overcome. And it, it, it has an overcoming force, I should say, say, to the human nature. And sometimes we can't, we need to, you ever heard the word saying, bite your tongue? Sometimes we need to bite our tongue. Bite our tongue. Through our sinful flesh, the devil wants to control us and to lead us into sin. And the, one of the greatest or one of the most used instruments he uses is our tongue. Sometimes we just need to shut up. We just need to hush. Don't, don't say it. And, and we don't even intend to. When the circumstances though around us are right, we will say things that we would never usually say. We would say and speak words we would never usually speak. Why do we do it? We do it because the sin inside of us and the pressure on the outside of us. The sin inside of us and the pressure on the And because of that, we lose control of our tongues. We need to be careful. How can our tongue be controlled? It, it said it's set on, on, on course by the uh, fires of hell. It says here no man can control the tongue. 
So how is that going to be? How are we going to control? We got to let our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ control our tongue. I've learned the hard way sometimes to speak less and listen more. You wouldn't believe it just to hear me, would you? I hear somebody grinning, but, but there are those times I, I've tried to learn to... It's important to learn to be a good listener, amen? amen? And I miss it sometimes. But we need to speak less and listen more. But if we can allow the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word to serve as that bid and that rudder, He'll control our tongues and our, even our thoughts, amen? He'll keep our mouth shut. But not only that, He'll cause us to speak when we need to. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. <laughs> Death and life are in the power. Now, a lot of people use that as a, 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 a prosperity verse. But no, what it means is there's power of death and life. In other words, you have a power to encourage. You have power to build up. You have power to bring life into a situation. Or you have power to tear it down and kill somebody. Kill them emotionally. Kill them physically. Slam them <coughs> some other way. There's power in this tongue. And once it goes over them lips, I don't care what you say, you'll never bring it back. Thank God it can be forgiven of, but it will never be forgotten many times. It creates scars. Or it can create happiness and joy and, and, and encouragement to somebody. Sometimes, uh, I don't know about you, sometimes you just yearn for somebody to say hello, attaboy, or I'm praying for you today, or I, I appreciate you, or I love you. Thank you for doing such and such and so and so. Don't you just crave that sometimes? But boy, some folks you don't want to see because every time you see them, they got something negative to say. You don't never do anything right. It ain't the right time. It ain't the right place. It ain't the right color. It ain't this. It ain't that. But that's okay. But the psalmist was careful. David said in Psalm 141, 3, in the first part of 4, set a guard. O oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing. See, David knew that the heart is the key to right speech. You get your heart right, you're going to speak right. Amen? You get your heart right, you're going to live right. You get your heart right, you're going to do right. You're going to be right. The heart is the key. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the heart, but, uh, excuse me, from out of the heart, the mouth speaketh, or the abundance of the mouth speaks. Let me read it word for word. Because that's not exactly what it is. I don't want you to miss the meaning of it, by no means. From out of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you really want to know what somebody thinks, if you catch them on, on one of those moments, all at once, it'll spew out sooner or later. Sooner or later. Matthew 12, 34, B says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes we keep quiet a long time, but if our heart gets full and we don't take it to the right place, I mean, if we don't unload it at the right <coughs> place to the right person, that's Jesus. It's going to come out. Either it's going to be sweeter, it's going to be bitter. Amen? Amen? We need to be careful. We need to be careful. Just like the bit and the rudder has a direct power to affect other lives, uh, just like a runaway horse or a shipwreck of a, a ship. We can run, 
and ruin and damage and destroy somebody's life with the tongue. Or, oh, we can help it and heal it and, and love it to death. My goodness. It's kind of like a judge. <laughs> His words mean a lot. You know that? When he get, knocks down that guy when he says guilty or not guilty, not only does that affect that person, but guess what? Everybody else in the family. Everybody else in the family. On the positive side, to come be a sort of great blessing. And here, uh, James speaks of that. Before y'all come in, I was reading this a little bit. Thoughts of a Christian optimist. I like this little thing. It's pretty good. And lo and behold, it says this. Can one hold back the waves and ripples once a pebble has broken the calm of the lake's surface? Neither can one control the ever-widening and ever-damaging effects of an unkind word once it has entered the ear of another. Wow, be careful. Be careful. Wow, be careful. So not only do we see that we need to be careful because this tongue, we need to be careful how we teach and how we direct and lead folks because we can lead folks astray. You know what? I want to go on, but I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to pick up here next week. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to rush through this stuff. It's good. It is. Amen. It, it, it's, some, it's some good stuff. Yeah. To God be the glory. Yeah. I, I want to pray like David, Lord, keep a guard over my tongue. Amen. Sometimes I get frustrated and aggravated. And I just <clears throat> get angry sometimes. Say it ain't so for you. Well, it is. It is. Yeah. Forgive me, Lord, but it's true. But you know when I've allowed my tongue to run loose and I realize I've hurt somebody else, guess what? Yeah. That hurts me. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And God forgive me if I ever do that. Please, tell me. It, it, it burdens my heart, it hurts my heart when, when I've offended someone. Most time I don't mean it, sometimes I do. Amen? <laughs> Tell the truth, stay in the church. Lord, I want this to be a, 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 a year of positive. I hear so many negatives lately. We prayed about our government and those things. We hear negative, negative this, negative that, negative the other. We see things and it, and it discourages us sometimes. and Maybe it brings, it brings us down. And Like I said earlier, we, we've got hope in Christ Jesus. And God help us to look up in 2019. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Pastor Randy James always does a great job, and it was an honor to have him here on Send the Light. And I'm going to close us with a word of prayer, and then we'll see you guys next time here on the Send the Light Bible Podcast. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now, Lord, and I thank you so much for this podcast and everyone listening to it lord and i just pray father that you will continue to bless the podcast and help it to reach as many people possible and help as many people that need to hear the gospel of jesus christ hear it lord if not through this podcast through someone lord and father i thank you 
for all your many blessings, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do, Lord. And Father, I pray that if anyone listening tonight does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night that they ask Him into their heart and lives, for today is the day of salvation. And it's in my Lord and Savior's precious and holy name I pray, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Amen.